Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church, building faith and friendship. So I'm going to sort of flip back and forth a little bit here with sort of testimony and also the word of God. The words of God has encouraged me, so I hope they'll encourage you. Um, I'm going to tell you about a little boy, a young boy who lived in Pontypool, and he grew up in a working class family. And I'm sure he can remember the Abba Van, I was, as we were talking about Abba Van just now. I'm sure you have a ma- memory if you lived in the area of Abba Van. My memory is uh, coming home, looking at my father, going off in a car with a shovel in his hand. And I said, Dad, where are you going? And he told me he was going near Merthyr, where my uncle lived. And uh, so it was, uh, uh, that's my quick memory, and then that terrible you know, wiping out of a whole generation of young children. So glad that uh, they are mem- memory- remembering it, and I hope that we do learn lessons from it. Anyway, um, I'm going to th- I start off with this little scenario, and I'm going to end with a scenario at the end, and I hope you can follow me a little bit. Okay, so there's this young boy who lived in Pontypool. Everybody know where Pontypool is? Not very far. A few miles up the road. And he went to Pontymall Mission Hall. And he was a very bright young boy. And when he was asked whether he should be... And when he asked, because he thought maybe he should become a minister, he was advised by his teacher to become a doctor. And at that chapel that he attended, he was given books, Christian books. And they were jungle books. And he learned about missionary doctors going to distant lands and helping people. And he read them. And they became his heroes. Well, there was this little girl, young little girl. She grew up in the same area and the same chapel. She was the youngest of three sisters. Well, the books she read were generally ones that ended with love and romance. (laughs) She loved dressing up wearing her older sister's high heels and playing with her makeup. Her heroine was that famous actress, Natalie Woods. I am dating this child. And she only learned of missionaries. She learned of missionaries through the Beano comic, where they were always served up in large boiling pots. So, that's a little scenario, and I'm going to try and tie it up later. So, like you may have guessed, that that was my husband and myself, growing up. Just a tiny scenario. Um, like many of us, our identities were bound up with being Welsh, being part of large families, working class families, families that had gone through World War II with all its atrocities, with all its loss, and with all its camaraderie. And your identities, some of you might remember that too. You don't have to be Welsh to remember that either. Uh, you have to be British to remember World War II. And, of course, well, not only the British. It was an international war, wasn't it? Many of you might remember those things. So many things are part of our identity. The place where we are raised, the kind of family we are born into, and it can either give us a strong identity or a sense of not quite knowing where we belong. But whatever our journey throughout all the different things that shape us for good or bad, we who have opened our hearts to God, we are the work of God's hands. One verse that has helped me along the way is that verse that Paul, uh, in Paul's letter to the Philippians, that he who began a good work in you 
will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. That throughout my life, I, I have a long life now. I go, you go into rooms now and you're usually the oldest, you know, it's a strange sort of feeling. Um, you know, you look around a room and you think, mm, I'm probably the oldest here, yeah. And anyway, um, so now I have a lot of years to really say that that from the age of nine years old, I, I could remember that one verse and has carried me a long way. That if anything, if I was down or things weren't going so good and I'd question myself, I could say, he has begun a good work in me and he will complete it. Because we are his workmanship, which is a wonderful thing to think about. And in the Old Testament, we read the analogies of God being the potter and we are the clay. We have that in both Isaiah and Jeremiah. And the potter is the benevolent God who wants to give us all that he has. His love in exchange for us opening our hearts to his ways. God is love and he wants us to reject the world, the lies of Satan. And he wants us to follow the truth. And he wants to shape us. As, as we turn our lives over to his care. Now, how well does the potter know his material? God knows his material. In Psalm 139, we read, You may not know me, but I know everything about you. I know when you sit down and when you rise up. I am familiar with all your ways, even the very hairs on your head are numbered. And it says in the Bible that we are made in his image. That's helped me a lot because whenever I don't like another person or there's something horrible about another person, I can think that person is made in his image. I have no right at all to, to think wrong things or he has given, it's a wonderful thing that everyone is made in the image of God. And, uh, I like to sort of think about the, um, if we, if we're the lump of clay, then maybe the image of God is like, fires up the clay, the bit that fires us up, the Holy Spirit. And that's really huge, isn't it, that we are made in His image? I think it's quite unfathomable, really. Um, but when we ask God, to dwell in us, we are given his spirit. In Romans 8.16, I love this verse, it says, his spirit testifies with our spirit that we are the children of God. We have a great identity, and our identity is that we are children of God. But sadly, Satan would tell us that our identity exists in what we own. Satan would tell us that our identity exists in status or in hierarchy, perhaps where we were born. Did we, were we born with a silver spoon in our mouths? Did we have high standing in our community? Satan would tell us that our identity exists in what we do for a living, but none of these things matter. These things bind us. They're like fetters. They're like chains. 
Because in society, we, we know, they put barriers up between each other. And if those barriers can go, we are free, aren't we? Those barriers of thinking, I am no good unless I own a bike or a car. Those barriers that say that I'm a little bit higher or a little bit lower than that person. And as Christians, we're told to be thankful for whatever state we find ourselves in, because God is with us in whatever circumstances he has placed us in. And there are other lies that Satan would tell us when we are in those difficult spots, when we don't have a home, when we are jobless, when we are sick, when there are things that are just circumstances that grasp us and make us feel low. He will say that we are worthless. He will say that we are abandoned, that God does not care for our sometimes tragic circumstances, that he does not care for our pain and our sorrow, that he will never forgive us for the wrong deeds or the wrong thoughts that we've committed, that he has no power to deliver us from our circumstances and that he has no power, no comfort to offer us if we are bereaved. But these are all the lies that Satan will tell us. And they go against the truth of God and the identity that he has given us, that we are his children, that he loves us with an everlasting love shown through the death of Jesus. So we gain our freedom by denying these these um, lies of Satan. And we gain our freedom by grasping what God has done for us in Christ. And I'll uh, made alive in Christ, which Rian read. I'll, I'll read some of these verses, which I think are very helpful. But because of his great love for us, because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, has made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions, because it is by grace that we are saved. And God has raised us up with Christ and seated us with, and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the inc- incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace we are saved through faith, and it isn't of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no man can boast, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So we are not, uh, consequently from verse 19, we are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him the whole building is joined together and and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too, are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his Spirit. I mean, that is fantastic, isn't it? That God 
lives in us. He can dwell in us through his spirit. And uh, when these uh, false ideas come to us, we can say that we know and we can rely on the love that God has for us. Um, in John 3, 1, uh, in the International Version, see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God, and that is what we are. Paul says there's faith, there is hope, and there is love. And the greatest of these is love. Now I'll tell you another story. It was last week when I came to church. Mike hadn't even begun the sermon, and I was sitting there. And as I was sat, sitting there, the, just the tears came down my face. I didn't want anybody to see. I was, just couldn't stop crying. It wasn't a big sob. It was just tears coming down my face. And it was tears of great joy. It was just joy unspeakable. Because I remembered that young boy, you know. I remembered that he was such a young boy when he decided to go all out for Christ. And he married a girl who was sort of not quite as enthusiastic not quite as enthusiastic about going to the mission field because she really didn't know where a missionary was. She just knew that didn't want to be boiled in that pot. So I was sitting there, and I, I think there were a couple of people that saw me crying and, I, and asked me how I was. And there was nothing I could say because it was incredible tears of joy because... I had seen him lug the precious cargo to the car, knowing that he'd had a back operation, knowing that his leg is wasting, uh, knowing how much pain he gets and says absolutely nothing. I was ecstatically happy that he was fulfilling God's will, that he was doing what God's heart had asked him to do. He was following Jesus by giving help to the helpless. I think it was last year, maybe it was 18 months ago, we had set up uh, um, Paralympic athletes to come over to train in, car in Swansea in the uh, pool there, and they, they were going to be have some time there. We were so excited because we thought this would be great. You know, the Paralympics, be, being able to come here, sort of, so it would have been a huge thing for this to have happened. And we had everything set. We had the vehicle set to look after them. We had arranged the coaches, the swimming coaches. Everything was set. And at the very last moment, it didn't happen. It was extremely disappointing. So that was very, very distressing. You know, life is uh, full of sort of Rough roads, rocky roads, smooth roads. And so that time was so devastating. And I had to learn from the Lord that it's not always the product. Sometimes it's along the way. In his life, in, think of Jesus' life. It was along the way, wasn't it? Along the way. Um, and so, I, you know, I'm thinking of along the way, all the people that we have met. 
But all these different, you know, Jesus works. He isn't always the product. Um, and so these tears were, were mostly though, there was one thing that these tears were coming for. It wasn't just because of all this stuff. It was because I realized as I was sitting there how God had changed my life from being a young woman, married young woman, with a lot of self-interest, not wanting to go to the mission field, like my husband, who has this big heart, wanting to just have this little home and, you know, little, little tiny house by the tiny stream. It was a lovely lass who had a lovely dream. <laughs> that was my dream, but my dream has changed. And my dream has slowly been coming to be more like what God's passion and God's heart. And that's what he's doing to you, and that's what he's doing to me along the way. And uh, so it was so exciting. There's so much uh, blessing. There was the blessing of seeing Steve go, seeing him do what God had given him to do, uh, knowing the blessing that other people are going to have because of his going, and he will be meeting other missionaries that are out there that are doing the will of God. And it's, it's, it's exciting. It's really exciting to see this happening. And it's exciting when, you know, things do happen and the doors do open and things do go well. There are often shut doors and there are often open doors. So there was the open doors... But the joy that I had was that I, I could be fully confident that even now God will continue his work in me, that he, he, even at 68 years old, I can be confident that he will continue the good work in me. And I know that he will continue the good work in you. Because if you have begun... Um, a lot, if you've started traveling along the road with God, He's going to, He keeps us. He's always there and He's shaping us. And we are His handiwork. We are not saved by ourselves. And through all our difficult circumstances, through all our lovely times, we have a God who is continually, uh, battering our hearts. There was a John Dunn, I, um, the famous poet, and I always remember the line in one of his poems, it was, Butter my heart, thou three-personed God. I love that line. Because that's what he does. He batters our heart in a way that our heart can open up and accept and receive his great love. We are God's handiwork. We are shaped by him. We are created in Christ Jesus uh, to do good works, which he's prepared in advance for us to do. You know, it's, sometimes it's not all, it's not our plans change, don't they, sometimes? They're just, things change. But he has plans, and he has plans for you. He has plans for you no matter your age, no matter your uh, ability, because I'll just go back. He's given us freedom. Jesus gives us freedom. And he's given us freedom from all those things I said. Uh, no matter whether we have much or whether we have little, we have Christ. Christ in us. 
is our hope. Christ in us is everything. And we are so dumb. We are so dumb. Because we just often go about in our own little ways, forget so quickly. Monday morning comes and we are so dumb, we forget what our God is doing. We can't see it all the time. Sometimes I've been praying and praying and praying for things. It never, ever happens. Pray for your family and then don't come to Jesus. And then all of a sudden, something happens. And I didn't pray for it. I didn't pray for it. Somebody else was to pray for it because it happened. Some, it happens. Jesus, uh, Jesus is. He, this, this, there's this weaving, isn't it? He's working all the time amongst us. And we cannot always see it. And we are just so dumb. But thankfully, he is with us. He does care. He does have compassion like no one else has compassion. And um, let's just pray and thank him for his great love for us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for your power. We thank you that you can change our lives. I thank you, God, that you have battered on my heart and helped me to go your way when often I didn't want to, when often I go my own. Oh, Lord, help us not to be so dumb. Help us to experience all that you have for us all those great and wonderful things that you have for us. We thank you for the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, for the witnesses of people throughout time who have shown us very clearly that you are indeed life. We thank you, God, that our identity is in you and that we are alive in you. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about Abergavenny Baptist Church, please visit our website at abergavennybaptist.co.uk.